Introducing Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. Welcome to Nightlog Podcast, first ever live show. You are listening to the highest rated Hunger Games podcast on iTunes, where we cover anything and everything related to the Hunger Games franchise, uh, news stories, book anal- analyzes, uh, fan fictions, related music, product reviews, as well as other fun segments. I'm Kira. I'm Mariah. And I'm Matt. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, we don't get duoers on live shows. It's kind of weird. No um, So first off, we want to thank all of the listeners who are currently listening to us live. We really appreciate guys, and actually, it's really exciting to finally get to do this live. Little nerve wracking, but it's cool. Yeah. Really nerve wracking. Uh, <laughs> in this episode, we will be having a discussion on the fourth chapter of Catching Fire, led by Mariah. Led by Mariah. Um, which Hunger Games Blu-ray slash DVD is the best edition to order? Um, a Taylor Swift song that closely relates with the Hunger Games. And instead of mock and mail, we will end the show off with end the show with a Q and A session, where you listeners can ask us questions and we will answer them live during the show. And throughout the show, we can ask you guys questions, and we have your chat feed open, so we can just you know part of the live show is we can you know live answer you back. Yeah. <laughs> so. so anytime you guys want to ask us a question, even when oh, we're yeah. in mid sentence, then we'll definitely. Well, we're not going to just like, ask random questions like, what's your favorite color? Like, it's No, but they're going to, yeah, <laughs> if they have, like, any comments on what we're analyzing. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, let's just jump right in um, to our first segment, which is Pan and Post, where we talk about the news in the Hunger Games franchise. And news has been really slow, except for one story, which is pretty big, which is the casting of Johanna Mason. Ooh. So, Matt, <laughs> Excitement. do you want to intro? Who um, was offered the role for Joanna Mason? The, the, I cannot talk today. Uh, Jenna Malone is offered the position of Joanna Mason. And it's not clear if she has accepted it or not. I mean, why wouldn't she? But, you know. Uh, a few movies. Pride and Prejudice she's been in. Um, that was the 2005? Five, five version, yeah. Sucker Punch, which is more recently in 2011. But I don't Dakota. think that did well, so. Yeah. And then Into the Wild. Yeah. Which is right, yeah. pretty popular. So she's been in quite a few things. Yeah. Long list. Nothing too famous, though, except Pride and Prejudice is probably the number one thing. Yeah, probably. Do you remember what she was in in that? Or Nope. No, I, I do either. not. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, she looks fierce. She's got the black hair going on, and, like, yeah, she's okay. I don't think we mentioned her on uh, our last episode with Night Rebels. No, yeah. Or uh, <laughs> Rebellion Ready. She, def- she doesn't have that um, character baggage, actress baggage That's true. that we were talking about yeah, before. Yeah, she's kind of one of those more unknowns. Which is always good. I think most of the tributes were unknowns for the Hunger Games movie. But at least she has experience. Right. Yep. All right. right. So that was quick. Yep. (laughs) So our next segment is obviously our main segment, Through the Eyes of Katniss Everteen. Everteen. (laughs) Guys, we we need to focus. We're going to analyze the books by chapters. So we now have open discussion to the entire series. So nothing is off limits in the series to discuss. So... A.K.A. we can talk about Mockingjay, so if you haven't read the series, obviously you shouldn't be listening to this. Spoilers. So we started analyzing Catching Fire um, with, we left off with Chapter 3, so we'll continue Chapter 4. With me, which is really scary. Um, Alright, so, 
Here we go. So chapter three, we left off where they were just starting the victory tour and they were in District 12 and um, Katniss had officially started her, you know, trying to convince President Snow that she was still in love with PETA. And so that's where we kind of left off. And that's also where Hamish told her, um, your fate is pretty much decided for you. You're going right. to be with PETA for the rest of your life. And that's, like it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's how things are going to go. So that bomb was dropped. And now we start with uh, Chapter 4, which we are really getting into um, the first stop on the Victory Tour, which is District 11. Right, because in this case they count down, and usually they end up at the district. Yeah, it goes from, from. Um, it starts at, it usually starts at 12 and then goes to the capital, but since they're from District 12, it's going to start with 11, capital, and then go back to 12. Right. So, uh, Haymitch and Katniss are walking back to the train, and... Um, and this is after the train had stopped, and then she kind of gets off after saying something rude to Effie. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and now they're just kind of reflecting on how, so this mom has been dropped on Katniss, well, my fate is decided, so now she's thinking more in the future, like, so she's got to get married to PETA, and then she's probably going to have to have kids with PETA. Which is something she didn't want to do, because she didn't want her kids to have to go in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Victor does not ensure that they won't be. Exactly. So this is what she's talking about. She's like, um, Gail always was saying to her that the people, it's not unheard of that the Victor's children have, like, been in the games before, but Gail always said, you know, Gail was always kind of rebellious and always said that, like, the capital rigs it so that the children... it's more are, interesting. It's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, the victor won, and now are they going to win? The so, third? I mean, that's just something to think about. Um, So, again, it's, like, kind of, you know, is it's not for sure if the capital... I would imagine influence. it is, though. Like, it's not for sure, but at the same time, yeah, it's yeah. Like, why wouldn't they do the that? The odds, really? Like, yeah. come on, okay. <laughs> um, but then also, so they're talking about children and stuff, and, um, children and stuff. <laughs> okay. And, um, so Katniss is saying, she says a sentence, I'm probably guaranteed any child of mine has a spot in the games. So this just kind of supports how she doesn't want a family, she doesn't want children. And then this kind of leads me to, spoiler alert, in the third book, when she actually has a kid with PETA, right? Right. And I mean, how, there's there's two kids in yeah. the epilogue that they're running or whatever. So frustrating. Like, yeah. really? I mean, come on. Like, you say that you don't want children, and then Susan Collins, you write the book where it ends where, oh, yeah, I had a couple kids, me, whatever. I was like, well, you were so against it, Katniss. Like, this is just sad. But, yeah. So. Very true. That was, that's kind of foreshadowing how she doesn't want, not really foreshadowing, but, like, it was just brought up a point in the third book that was really annoying. I mean, she does mature, though, so it's like, it's like you can't just not have kids because you don't want them to be in the hungry. Answer. Yeah, but still, yeah. it was like... And we've talked about that being, um, you've said before that it's like a form of, like, um, population control. That oh. people don't want to have kids, and that's part of the control or something. Yeah, which I is guess a good so. Point. Yep. All right, so then they're going on, and um, so, again... Katniss has this caged-in feeling, um, so her fate is decided, and then she's also, at the same time, got to convince President Snow to save, in order to, like, save her friends and her family and stuff convince like that. Convince him of loving PETA. Yes. Just to finish that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, so this kind of occurs to me, um, it's almost like a would-you-rather question. Now, you guys have to help me out. I wrote this at night, and I don't know if it makes <laughs> okay. sense, so please, you know, if this doesn't make sense, someone tell me. So I said, would-you-rather... Or is it more pressure to have others rely on you to save yourself? Or is it more pressure to have others rely on you to save them? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. If if you think about it really hard. Yeah, like, if you break it down. So, like, because the thing about, 
when Katniss was in the games, she had all this pressure on her because she had to stay alive for Prim, and she had to stay alive for the people of the district. Tia, like, Rue, like, yeah. allies in the uh, games. And yeah, stuff. because it's almost like if she died, she knew that, you know, like, her, one, her district wouldn't get any of the good stuff. I think stuff. that was, like, last on her yeah, list. Yeah, no, though. but, like, like, like gotta win them for the, you know, for yeah, the feast or whatever. Yeah, and there's Prim, and it's, like, that's a lot of pressure because she has to um, provide for others. But then there's right. the thing where... You have pressure on yourself to say, actually save other people. So it's like... So is it kind of like the difference between Prim's shoes and Katniss's shoes? Is that where you're going with it? Like, is it more pressure to be counting on someone? <laughs> or is, did I just mess what that up? What are you talking about? No. I don't, I don't know. I just think... Okay. <laughs> maybe it was a bad would you rather, but... Because I wrote this at night. I just think it's more pressure to, like, save... Like, keep yourself alive to save other people instead of keeping your life just to save yourself. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. Maybe. I see your face. It doesn't make sense. All right, we'll move on. Maybe if any of the listeners can, like, figure that out, go for it. Go but for it. Kira and can. if you're listening to this later, email in. Yeah, email in. Um, let, let me know what's up. Yeah, that's that. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, Kira. <laughs> so then um, Katniss is reflecting on how the Victory Tour works, how they, you know, start with 12 and then the mix-up because they were from 12. So, all right. And then we move on, and you find out that Katniss needs more prepping. Like, she had a little bit of prepping for the first appearance, but now she needs even more. And um, this kind of, and then, of course, Katniss is upset about this because she hates being plucked and prodded and everything. Like that. A, what was it? Like a chicken ready to be roasted or exactly, something like yeah, that? Exactly, yeah. Like, just, I mean, anyone would hate that. But, well, some people um, actually like that, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, I mean, yeah, you're right, you have a good point. But um, this brought up the question, like, even though this is a dystopian novel, they still have the, like, same old women need to, are expected of a certain thing, you know? Like, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to get all, like, feministy, but, um, <laughs> um, like, it's just, like, there's still a prejudice against women. Like, women are, she's gone into the games, killed people, shown that she's not this, like, beautiful, you know, flower, right. and she's still expected to, like, go on the victory tour and be, like, the image that everyone wants her to be. Poster child and everything. And yeah, everything. like, even, like, beyond the personas that they're supposed to have, um, she's still expected to be, like, hairless and, except well, on, <laughs> on her head, of course, but, and her eyebrows and, like, stuff like that, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah, like, she's expected to, like, look gorgeous, and I just think that's, like, ridiculous, like... I mean, yeah. this is a world so messed up, and still women are expected to be beautiful. We just can't win. We can't. Just in any world. I know, even in fiction. I mean, really? Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a message that Collins is sending to us, that, you know, we're more than just yeah a piece in their games or a... a you, oh, <laughs> my God. I had to say it. Or, you know, a, um, a model or mm-hmm. something to look at or whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's great, girl. I'm not going too fast. Yeah, because you've said so many intelligent things so far today, man. Well, hey, I've been making sure this is going smoothly, so. All right. And I hope it, it is. Is it? Is it? Yeah. I hope uh, so. Okay. Yeah, we're going. All right. So, of course, um, the next few pages, um, Katniss is being plucked and, you know, roasted and whatever by her prep team. <laughs> and, um... And then they kind of say gross things like, oh, it's a shame Sinnoh won't let us, you know, dye you or put alteration. Or enhance you. Enhance you, exactly. Yeah. Like, and could you just, like, picture a Katniss with, like, green skin? You know? Oh, freaky. No. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and it's not says, Avatar, like, ugh. Or, like, no. blow up my lips like President Snow, she says. So, um, and, uh, so then it goes on to 
So, of course, she's really frustrated because her prep team is doing all this to her, mm-hmm. and she's really feeling the pressure more than ever now. And she has to go eat with Effie, and we know how Effie is really grating, so she's eating with Effie, and of course, Effie's, like, scheduling, like, writing everything out, and Katniss just snaps and says, no one even cares, Effie, so back off, you know? Like, she just snaps, and this kind of, you know, I felt like this really connected to the Olympics, like, right now, you know? Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. J- just up. go okay. with me here, okay? So... As Katniss snaps, she runs off the train, which is stopped to make repairs. So she runs off, and she's all frustrated and sitting down, you know. And I was just thinking about this, like, okay, so you see everything on camera. Like, you would Mm -hmm. see Katniss and stuff performing and, you know, saying hi to all the districts. And then she's... You that celebrity. Exactly. Charismatic and And then on the other side, she's got all this pressure that no one sees because it's off camera. So I just, like, felt like I want to... If the Olympians, who have just been chosen and stuff, yeah, they have to say what great competitors that they were against and how grateful they are to be here. But on the other side of that, they probably feel the exact same pressure, you know? Yeah. Like, off camera, like, we don't know what they're feeling, and I just can't even imagine. Yeah, and also that, like, they have to go to all these, um, you know, different, like, the news stations, like, mm-hmm. NBC and all that, and go for their little interview, and then they have to be here. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, makeup and all that, like, very similar to... The and then, of news, course, yeah. they have, like thousands of backstories on them like right. this is you know jordan weaver or whatever and yeah. she is like from here and this was her as a child and stuff like that and it's and like she came from a poor family and a log cabin all yeah, that kind of exactly stuff. Yeah. so it's like i don't know it just i instantly connected the olympics because i'm so excited for it but at the same time like i kind of feel like that's a direct connection yeah um, because it's like but it's a good connection i mean they wanted to go to the Impl- olympics yeah so. they definitely want to be there so it's not like they were forced to <laughs> be there to go kill each other but even with the olympics i think it's more of all celebrities in general too mm-hmm. yes yeah. they always have to put on that face that everything's perfect everything's great we're and the one great time, time they mess up and like you know smash a camera or something like that yes. like get out of here like they're all over because TV we don't because we don't normally see that because we don't know what goes on right yeah off camera yeah yeah so i feel like like you would kind of be fooling yourself if you look at a star and say, oh, they're so great, they're so calm, but it's like, really, we don't know what's happening in their yeah. head, you know? So, gonna make, gonna make who's my... Tony? In the I, chat, someone's like, I don't know, Tony. I know, I said, who's Tony? We've never had a Tony on the show. Uh-uh. Um, so... Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna make a Josh reference here, though. Go for it, because mm-hmm. I need so, to recuperate. Okay, so, everyone comes up with this big, perfect, they, oh, Josh is so cute, cute, Josh is perfect, Josh is this amazing guy, but... Which is true. Which is true, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, but there's also that kind of side, like, we don't see what else he's gone through, I mean, he started making his movie, first movie was Miracle Dogs, right? I believe so. <laughs> well, I know this. I've never even heard of that, Miracle Dogs. So we can have young, Josh Hutcherson podcast by first, itself. He was the first child, he was a child actor, so it's like he had all that Very pressure young, on yeah. him, being in front of the camera for the first time, memorizing all those lines portraying a character and then Little Manhattan that kind of thing doing the whole run first style. kiss you know first kiss, so I still don't like, know what that is it's the best movie we're, we're gonna have a Josh really Hudson movie night I'm not gonna happen. for a Josh fan sorry sorry uh, I forgive you um so <laughs> so it's kind of like he had all that pressure building up and right. obviously also everybody's cracked at one point yeah but definitely. they do it where the society can't see them so I mean that's, Josh hasn't cracked as far as we know just clarifying that you're acting like he has well, I mean, what celebrity hasn't? Yeah, yeah, I know. There's not, like, a big thing where he, like, you know... Really no, bad, I mean, but. there's probably times where he's had mental breakdowns and no one's seen it because right. we don't follow him 24-7. Just like Katniss. Is the exactly. Breakdowns but Katniss hands. is yeah. very good at yeah. keeping all of it inside of her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Until she explodes. Until she explodes. At Effie. <laughs> okay. 
So, anyways, after her explosion, she's ran off the train, and um, she's sitting down, and she knows someone's going to come and find her, and she instantly feels sorry for yelling at Effie, because, I mean, it's true, it's not really Effie's fault, but she does get annoying and irritating. So, she's sitting down, she's kind of moping, sulking, and then um, she hears someone come out, and she thinks it's going to be Hamish, but it's really PETA. Yay. So, <laughs> so um, he he's like, I just wanted to apologize right now for what happened to the games. It was, he says, like, it was irresponsible for me to be, you know, like, I can't even speak. But it, it was dumb for me to be, you know, jealous and upset about what happened in the first book on the train, how... Right. So, I mean, she kept him alive, so he can't... Yeah, exactly. He's entitled to his feelings, but at a certain point, it's like, you know, he's he's alive, so it's like... So basically, he apologizes for being upset about Katniss not really loving him, or, you know, putting on a show. And he says that's how they basically survived. And he also said um, that, I know your feelings about Gail confused you, and I shouldn't have, you know anything and that's just like for me i was like i didn't think gail was that big of a thing yeah in the games i mean like i know in the movie they had like of course their first kiss they flashback yes. to gail but like for me in the first book gail wasn't a main concern i mean he popped up a couple times during the game i think in in her head he was kind of like like you know every couple chapters we'd be reminded of him mm-hmm. but through Peta's eyes, like, she wasn't really talking about him. She talked about Prim and her mom. Yeah. But I don't really remember her. Maybe once or twice she talked about Gail. But, like, from Peta's perspective, how is Gail really in the picture? I mean, yeah. I guess growing up, though, Gail and Katniss, whatever age it was that they started hanging out and, you know, were um, protecting each other in the woods and everything, mm-hmm. that he saw that. So maybe that's, like, the connection there, that he's jealous of Gail because he knows of their history, not because of Katniss, like, bringing it up all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, like, I felt like that was a quick escape plan for Katniss. Like, oh, yeah, it was Gail. Sorry. That's that's <laughs> yeah. why I didn't, like, love you. You know, it was yeah. because of Gail. I was like, no, it wasn't. It's her go-to, go-to I know. excuse. I was like, whatever. So, um, but basically, so he apologizes, and um, she says, I'm sorry, too, and they're all patched up, and they're going to be friends now. And then they're holding hands at one point, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even though they don't have that, like, love right now, in their personal lives, mm-hmm. they still have a friendship that's developing. So they still yeah. have, like, a, a relationship of a sort, even though it's not, like, a romantic relationship at And point. really, I mean, like, I guess it kind of applies to real life, but, like, I feel like friendship has always got to be the fallback base. You know, Definitely. like, so they had this whole love thing, but, like, that didn't work out, so they need to, like, fall back to this friendship because it's both yeah. going to keep them together. I mean, they were, like, symbolically, like, they were holding hands when they were right. on the chariot. They kept each other, you know, alive and stuff like that. So. Yeah. He's a rock, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I just wrote, start crying. I literally wrote on my post-it, so sweet, oh, love PETA. <laughs> <laughs> so, fangirl. But, um, so, they're all patched up now. They go back on the train, and, um, and after she apologizes to Effie, PETA's like, Oh, come see my talent, because they each have to come up with talents. Um, and Katniss is a fake talent. Yeah, Cinda yeah. basically makes up her talent, which is, like, fashion design. Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, um, so Peter's like, okay, come see my talent. It's painting. Um, and then also you find out that Peter's favorite color is, like, orange, not... Like the sunset. Yes, exactly. Not, like, not a Effie's bright hair. So, um, it's orange. And so they go into his car, where it has all his talent, and... 
basically you see all these paintings of the games and it's violent paintings and it's kind of sweet paintings where you see Katniss during his like fever haze thing and then um but you see like violent ones where like I don't know people killing each other obviously right. probably a lot of like the bloodbath if mm-hmm. Peter wasn't really around for that too much but no not really so but and then also like simple ones like Katniss washing her hands or something like that. Yeah, and there was also some in there, I believe, that, like, Katniss was saying she recognized, but she knew other people wouldn't, mm-hmm. that it was from the games, like, a certain thing, and, like, and then she can't handle it. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, you go into her car, his car, whoops, and, um, so he's like, do you like them? What do you think of them? And she instantly says, like, without hesitation, I hate them. I really hate them. And, um, she said, I can almost smell the blood, the dirt, and the unnatural breath of the mutt, which is one of the things he painted. Um, so, he was saying that he hates them too, but he sees them every night in nightmares. And so, of course, she, like, um, she agrees with this, and she has nightmares too, but that doesn't stop her from hating this. And I just felt like, again, we've, I think we've talked about it before with, um, Katniss's mom, but... Post-traumatic stress syndrome disorder. Disorder. Yep. Um, I don't think we talked about it with her mom. I think her mom Something. is just depression. Yeah. Straight <laughs> just up straight up depression. Up depression. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just felt like this was another way of coping. Like you hear about people after 9/11 how they write poetry and they like just some way channel to, their like emotions. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Some way to get the feelings out and that's just how it works. But, um, like for Katniss, like she has the um, coping mechanism mechanism <laughs> of like bottling it up and just kind of like ignoring it while PETA is more, like, expressing it and kind of, like, letting it go. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Like... Yep. And I feel like, again, this is just, like, one of the great themes of the book, that even though they're in this dystopian world, there's still so much, like, human emotion. Like, there's... Yeah. Everyone has to deal... Well, not everyone deals with it the same way, but... Yeah, um... I think that's the point, that she shows that all, like, how Hamish deals with it drinking. Yes. How PETA deals with it, like, kind of you know, channeling it through, like, art, and Katniss just kind of, like, keeps it bottled up. So it's, like, all those different types of things. Matthew, Matthew, would you like to join in? Finally. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Sparky Silver is saying, she has, she just made this really cool point. She's saying, am I the only one that wants to see those paintings in the movie? Oh, yeah. I, I think it'll do that. They have to be in there. I think it'll be, like, a quick scene, like, not too much, not too long. I feel like it's going to be a big scene because, well, it you could think? be a quick scene if they just use it as his talent. But I feel like that's true. If they actually show them walking into the car and stuff like that, it might be a good be... like emotional bonding scene. Yeah. But at the same time, there's so much stuff in this book. Like yeah, true. Like I'm they surprised just... they're not splitting this one and keeping Mockingjay one. Yeah. You know, with they... everything that goes on, like they could mm-hmm. have one movie being like the pregames, and, yeah. like the whole tour, the tour and yeah. all that. But and then one being the game. But that wouldn't be satisfying just to see the tour. That's then it's true. like. I want boring. the game! Yeah. Like, come on! Like, that's the whole part of yeah, the Hunger Games, to see true. the games. So, um, but yes, definitely want to see the paintings in there. Very good point. Um, so, that's basically oh, what Oh, I just want to add in. Um, Go for it. The same person, uh, Sparky Silver, says, um, she, meaning Katniss, I suppose, um, uses hunting to deal with it, which is a good point, that she yes. takes her frustration out on that. Hunting, yeah. And anyway, carry on. So, um... So that was just one of the main points. And then, just to summarize again, uh, they're going to travel to each district. And um, just in case, I don't think anyone forgot, but just to remind everyone, the districts are definitely in different places. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, like, you never know. Um, but, so, 
She gets back on the train, and they go to District 11, and she's expecting, like, hot, or she's expecting cold, and she steps out, and it's hot. So, do we know where exactly we, like, the general area? Of 11 or 12? 11. Um, well, we know... I feel like it's down south. Yeah, I mean, if there's, like, plantations and stuff, I would think it's, like, maybe, um, I don't know, like... Oh, wait, wasn't District 12 in the Carolinas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. District 12 is in the Carolinas. Like, the, District 12 is huge because it has, I forget how many people we said it had, but um, it was in the, it's in the first chapter, how many people, I don't remember, mm-hmm. of the Hunger Games. Um, but I know 13 is, like, New England, and yeah. then that was, like, a lot of New, Eng- New England, like, the water rose or whatever, so, like, mm-hmm. places like um, Rhode Island, part of Connecticut, Massachusetts, whatever, like, New York kind of recovered over by yeah. water. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think below that, then, is District 12, like, the rest of the East Coast, I would believe. Like, especially, like, Carolinas, and it goes out a little bit west, mm-hmm. not too much. And I, I feel like they go, in numerical order, like, from New England to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. The capital being, um, I would think, like, Colorado or something. Yeah. That's what that's what I kind of picture because there was a fan made um, map of where all the districts are like it was just fan made so it's not official. But, oh right, right. But it'd be interesting if Suzanne Collins like released a map or something, or if it's in the movies, like, yeah. just seeing where everything is. It'd be helpful. Yeah, definitely <laughs> to picture everything. Yeah. But then again, it's like that mysterious factor that you you know you're not quite sure everyone has their own kind of picture to it. Mm-hmm. So they're on the train, and again they realize that well they didn't realize, but um, District 11 is much more hotter, and nope. More hot, not more hot. Okay, more <laughs> hot. I know how to speak. And um, so then they go outside, and well, not outside, but they're on like a little um, part of the train where they can look outside, and they see one how big District Eleven is, and two how much it is enforced. You know how many more peacekeepers there are. So um, there's like towers up, watchtowers evenly distributed among like the fields and um, all the plantations. So that's just to get a picture of what District 11 looks like. And this is pretty cool because this is the first time we get a real look into other people's districts. I mean, this yeah. is Katniss's first time. Right. And he does. And this is also the viewers. Well, this is the first time in the books, but for the movies, we've seen District 11 through the um, extra... I don't I want to say extra because it wasn't in the book. Yeah. Um, the add-on scene of the uh, rebellion. We, yeah, yeah. That it was talked about in the games. Mm-hmm. Or was it? What? I think it was. The, in the book, it was talked about, the rebellion. I think it was talked about in Catching Fire. Yes. Not in Hunger Games, because she wouldn't have known about it. Yep. Um, yeah, she hears it on, like, a radio thing, doesn't she? Um, or something yeah, yeah, like that. isn't it in President, not President, um, the mayor undersees, yes. like, she was Office. in the wrong part, and yep. then she sees the TV, which is, like, you know, yep. official that she's not supposed to watch or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you're just learning about, um, the different districts, and I think this is the one they go most in-depth on, except for the capital. What, Matt? What do you have to Wait, say? Wait, come over here, Matt. <laughs> okay. He's, like, running around the room. Yeah, I'm <laughs> reading, cus- uh, not customer, oh, work, um, <laughs> listener comments, and someone has talked about... Um, the map of Panem, they yes. pulled it up right here. Oh, okay. And this is just a rough draft of the map that they were talking about. Oh, that's okay. not the one I was talking about, but th- that's cool too, yeah. yeah. And oh, wow, then, yeah. Then they were, t- uh, that was Beeble89. Beeble89. Um, oh, I've talked to you on Twitter, hey! <laughs> um, they're saying that, Hunger Games is saying that I think District 12 is in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, mining states, and 11 is in the Carolinas, Georgia, and down south area. I definitely think 12 is partially in the Carolinas, because yeah. I remember reading that on multiple sites when I went to visit down there. Yeah. So, 
Good to know. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, again, we're exploring District 11. And, um, again, this shows, like, on like as Katniss is, like, seeing how big District 11 is and how much um, more enforced it is, like, this is also kind of an example of the propaganda that the Capitol always uses. Like, um, how does, like, withholding info from other districts make it weaker? That was, like, just a yeah. question that I wanted to pose. Like, you know, keeping yeah. them disclosed from each other. That's a good question. Like, I I can't think of, like, the answer to, like... Yeah, it's like, you know, like... Yeah. If they're divided... You know, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, divided we fall no united we stand divided we fall yeah so i feel like that applies to this situation like they keep the districts so excluded from each other so they can't communicate to have a big rebellion because yes. the capital is only so big mm-hmm. the districts i mean it's like the rest of you know and, the from, North and America. from what the book is saying right now district 11 like could be bigger than the capital you know that's right how. well i think i Maybe believe not. that <laughs> district 12 is the biggest district yes. you know from capital is it capital pn doc, or capital yeah. PN? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> um, that on there, District 12 was the biggest. Yep. And I think it was mentioned in the books, too. So, I want to say they, like, I don't, I don't remember, like, I don't think it descends in order of, like, sizes. Mm-hmm. But um, I would think that District 12 and 11 are, like, the biggest. Yes. Because, like, poverty and overpopulation. All and, sense. like, the size of the district itself. Like, some of the districts are, like, smaller area-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, divided, we fall, united, we stand, vice versa. You know how it works. Um, so that just applied here because this is the first time she's seeing the districts and she can just reflect on how, um, like, even though she's never heard of them before, she can instantly see, or not heard of them, but even though it's the first time she's ever seen them, she can instantly, like, tell how it's some, it's different but similar to District 12. Kind of, right. you know what I mean? How they're, yeah. you know, they they all have that capital thing going over them. They they're all have the capital seal oppressed, everywhere. Oppressed. And, yes. That's, yep. They that's all have too. oppression. So, um, just to like throw in here, mm-hmm. um, Matt, did you want to read that comment? The one, <laughs> the one located to Mariah, right there. Uh, yes. Um, this Low is key. by Hunger Games. That's the name. Uh-huh. Uh, he's saying Mariah. The spread of inform- information allows for rebellions. A real life example would be the last years. Rebellion. Rebellion in Egypt, which started over Facebook. Great so fa- Facebook, point. like, because they were able to connect and like they could plan, they could you plan know, it out. Meetups and communication stuff like that. was key, and then they could have the rebellion. Well, that's Great a really point. good point. Connection to the world, text to world connection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So then they get off the train and they're pulled into the um, District Eleven, like meeting area where what is it the justice building i think um it is? not that it's more of like a stage yeah i, I picture well, it like district it's like, 12 stage like where yeah they yeah hold the names yep i think it, like what it is it's almost like a town hall and then right. in front of it it's got um like a marble not patty not even marble like well yeah the, i think say marble? i think something like that like stone i think it's yeah something like that uh, they call it, a, we walked across the shaded Fernanda until the okay, roof yeah. runs out and we're standing on the top of big flight of marble stairs in the glaring sun. So, that's where they're standing right now. Um, but also, before they're there, they all, like, automat- automatically feel the reign of the peacekeepers, which is kind of strange, not strange, but we've never really felt it in District 12, and it hasn't been, like, a big deal. 
um, right. in the first book. So now we're, like, starting to feel it, and that's more of, like, foreshadowing to how Peacekeepers are later going to be integrated into District 12. Yeah, and how District 12 is going to be so, like, enforced. Yeah, and, like, more into the book. Because she definitely foreshadows it. Yeah, because you can't just, like, spring, like, oh, by the way, there's Peacekeepers, and now they're a big part of the book. Like, you can't just do that. So (laughs) they started (laughs) off in District 11, and um, so now they're on this um, Fernanda, and they're in front of all the people of District 11, but they realize, Katniss realizes that, District 11 is so big that this can't possibly all be all the people. So I wonder how that works. Like, who comes? Like, yeah. like you're not coming, you're coming. Like, how yeah. do they... I don't know. She, um... It's weird. She... One of the things that she thinks is that half the... Like, a lot of the people that are missing are in the fields, like, still doing work. That's a good point. So... Yeah, yeah. Whoever is... Did she say that, or was it you? No, she said that. Oh, okay. So I think that's what she thinks, so... She thinks what I think. Right. <laughs> um, so... What she sees, basically, is through the eyes of Katniss Everdeen, um, <laughs> there's a crowd in front of her, um, and to her right, I think it is, there's a stage, and it has two women, an old woman and, like, a... a stage? Like, yeah, 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 like a stage, and the like family... Like, you're separated from the yep, rest of the crowd. they're, okay. like, above the other people, and um, Thrush's, or what mm. Katniss assumes to be Thrush's grandmother, grandmother. and sister are, are on one side of the stage, and Kat, or not Katniss's, um, Rue's family. So, and that involves, like, a ton of little kids. Yeah. Like, just a <laughs> bunch of them, I don't know. All <laughs> a gaggle remind of Katniss of Rue very much. Yes, because they all look like her, and they all stand the same way with their arms slightly out, which yep. is really cute and sad, but... About to take off or take flight, I think she mm-hmm. says something like that. And then, um, so her, so, uh, the parents of Rue are there, too. So, just another question for listeners, or you two, if you want to answer. Yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're, you're working. Um, yeah. What is the point of having the families up on the stage? I mean, like, what's of excluding them? What's the point? I mean, there's kind of honor, but I feel like it's something else. Okay, I'll answer as they answer, I guess, yeah. too. Um, I would think that it's, like, to point out that they've, like, they've lost, and, like, for everyone, like, the capital is always trying to point out we're better than you. See how you suffer because of us. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of, like, up on, like, a pedestal, literally. Yes. That they're, everyone's looking at them, they're crying and everything, I assume, and, like, mm-hmm. so it just points out, like, you know, we ruin families every year. Yeah. You know? we ruin, every year. We every ruin year. <laughs> you can count on it. We can guarantee it. Um, but I think also it's almost like a guilt thing to make Katniss and Peta feel guilty. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's the capital in general, but I feel like it would. That's like a move by President Snow. Like, you, these are the people that you are making suffer. Like, this is almost mm-hmm. your fault. And um, because I mean, if they were just in the crowd, Katniss and Peta like maybe could imagine what it would be like. But seeing them up there, it was really Katniss was not prepared for Rue's family up there. Right. And um, even Thresh too, because Thresh like gave her that one time. She's like this one time for the little girl. Because yeah. She like you know was helping. Mm-hmm. Did you see that comment? Uh, Sparky Silver? Maybe they? That one? Yeah. You want to read it? Uh, Go ahead. Um, Sparky Silver says, maybe they have a pre-raping in 11, and they just make sure that the people picked are in the audience. Oh, I think she's referring to when the reapings happen. Mm-hmm. Right now we're talking about um, the victory tour, like how they pick which... Um, whatever you call it, citizens, are in the town square or whatever during that. To make them suffer time. more and have to be near the person or persons who lived instead of their own child. 
For why they're on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Um, Beeble89 says, agree, this is just a tool that the capital uses to control the victors. Yep. Yeah. Just to, again, make them feel, my opinion is to make them feel guilty. Um, yeah. So then uh, they commence with, like, speeches. The mayor gives a speech, and they give flowers to uh, Katniss and Peta, which I feel like is just a terrible thing. Like, you're in a district, and you have the people pointed out that you killed their family, and we're giving you flowers for it. Yeah, that's so twisted. Like, I see why, like, you survived, that's so great, and that's what they're supposed to be celebrating, but how, like, twisted is that? Like, we're giving you flowers, and those are the people that, you know, like... You killed my family. Here's some flowers. Yeah, that's that's just terrible. But, obviously, it's not from the family, it's from the capital. Yeah, I mean, it's from, it's like... The district, you killed our children and we're giving you flowers. Yeah. Type of deal. Um, so Peter has his personal comments written on a card and, um, he does his little speech, um, about. But he doesn't use the cards, right? He, like, no, just he, does it. He memorizes yeah. it, which is noble of him. Yeah. Oh, Peter. Um, <laughs> so he memorizes it and he goes over. And then also, he adds something on that he didn't put on his cards and it says, it can, he says, it can in no way replace your losses, but as a token of our thanks, we'd like to for each of the Tribute's family from District 11 to receive one month of our winnings every year for the duration of our lives. And I feel like this is really sweet. Of course, it shocks everyone. You know, there's gas and stuff like that. And I feel like this is really noble and great of PETA, but, the, like, the minute he says it, you know it's not going to happen. Like, for me, I just knew it wasn't going to happen. I First of all, I don't. Yeah. no one knows if it's against the law. You know, it's never been done before. It probably is. It's somewhere written down. It probably is. And, two, I just feel like... If the money did get to them, I feel like the people of District, like, the peacekeepers of District 11 wouldn't give it to them and, like, wouldn't distribute it fairly to the families, you know what I mean? But I feel like somehow, like, like, if this would happen, like, they'd make it, like, Peter would go to the district and, like, give them money or yeah. something. Like, it's got to be, like, televised because otherwise, like, he makes that promise. If the capital gets in the way of that, that's just another reason to rebel against them. Yeah, yeah. But, like, at the same time, I don't know if he, like, because yeah. usually they're not allowed to travel from district yeah. to district. I don't know if it changes for victors, but. And Candace is all like, oh, that's great. Like, she just assumes that it will happen. Yeah. I'm like. Which is kind of weird. For me, like, I was like, that's. I didn't question that until now. Like, yeah. that's. It just seemed, like, silly. Like, I, like, again, no one knew if it was against the law, so it's, like, and, and for me, there was, like, no way to check if it actually happened, you know what I mean? Right, you can't just, like, call them up, hey, you got my check, because that yeah. can't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, don't communicate. Um, so, then, so, Peter finishes with his speech, and then Katniss, they're ready to go, you know, everything, the time that they had to talk is over, and then Katniss is looking out on the crowd, and she sees one of Rue's sisters. And she hasn't spoken yet, correct? No. She just Peta's kinda, done all the talking. Yep, she's like kind of, like, should. stood by Peta. Because, again, like, I feel her pain, like, <laughs> I feel for her, because, like, what could you I say? I feel for you. I feel for you. <laughs> I mean, like, what could you say that would, it's almost like you're at a loss of words, because anything you say might not seem sincere. And yeah. it's like, it, again, like, it can no way, like, cover the losses that right. the family And Peter felt. just has that natural talent, so for her to talk after that, it would just not work. It'd be work. like, duh, duh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of It'd be like, like us trying to talk. Yeah, now. it'd be bad. Um, <laughs> so, um, so she looks at Rue's sister, and it's like a carbon copy of Rue, but older, I guess. So, or younger. Or younger. I think Something it's like that. older. Um, older. But, so, but the sister is looking really, like, ashamed. And, um, she's, like, upset and reproach, looks at her reproachfully, um, at Katniss, that is. And Mm -hmm. so, um, 
And Katniss realizes she's wait. The sister is waiting for Katniss to talk. Like Katniss hasn't said anything, and she's really the one who has a connection to District Eleven. Yeah. Um. So of course Katniss has to stumble forward, and she says, "Wait, wait, wait! I have something to say." And um. And it kind of blurts out. Yes, and she's like, "I want to give thanks to the tributes from District Eleven." And she looks at both Thrush's side and uh, Rue's side, and. Just says, for Thresh, she says, for his power and how, for his refusal to play the game on anyone else's terms. And, of course, this makes Thresh's grandmother smile. And President Snow frown. Yeah, <laughs> right? At the same time. <laughs> and um, and then, of course, she has so much to say for Rue. Um, and she basically reflects that everything beautiful brings her to my mind. I see her in the yellow flowers that grow in the meadow by my house. I see her in the mockingjays that sing in the trees. But most of all, I see her in my sister Prim. So, um, I think this is, I mean, she's not apologizing for not saving Rue, but more like she's just saying. Honoring her death. Kind I'll of never forget her, you know. Yeah. Um, like, she wasn't just, you know, a girl. Like, she meant a lot to me. And yeah. Like, yeah, I'm as sad, not as sad, but, like, I'm also grieving her. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so then, as a little, you know, uh, answer back to what Katniss and Peter have said, more more Katniss, though, um, they have, they've that little whistle. Da, 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 da. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Cool, all right. That was um, a little loud, but... Yeah, um, so, I think, uh, that someone from the crowd does that four-note mocking J2. A man. A man. Just Throwing that out there. Wait, yeah. Yep, yeah, okay, yeah, it's, it's a man. And then, <laughs> after that, they, see, this is where I'm confused. Everyone does that three-finger, you know, salute. Kiss, kiss salute. three fingers and, like... Yeah, so on. everyone does that. So yeah. I was like, uh, okay, but anyway, so... The man does the whistle. And wait, isn't that the Girl Scout sign for peace, like, to be quiet? Something like that. You were my Girl Scout troop. I was Once upon a time. Um, yeah, that's the sign. I thought it was just, like, that. good... Good it's like being or something like that. You I do that when you're doing like the special Girl Scout thing. Oh right, home. yeah, like the yeah. It's like putting your hand on your heart for the yeah. That's like Girl Scout version. Yeah, but like maybe Susan Collins was a Girl Scout. Maybe, maybe, um, <laughs> or maybe she didn't know it all and it just happened to be that way. Maybe it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then they do the whistle, they do the salute, and then finally that's it. Katniss and Peeta are leaving, but. What happens is Katniss forgets her flowers, so they're walking into that building, the Justice Building or whatever again. Right, and, to get ushered off the stage. Yep, to get off the stage and go back on the train. Or no, they're going to go have a feast in the building. But then Katniss is like, oh, I forgot my flowers, you know? So then she walks so she by back, <laughs> and she sees the man that did the whistle pulled up on the stage, and they put a bullet into his head. And that's how they... Through his head. Through his head, into yep. his head. Anyways... It's in there. Um, bullet in his brain. Bullet in his brain, and um, and that's how the chapter ends. Kind of, like, haunting, and it just yeah. ends, and putting a bullet through his head. So, um, I feel like this is what, Matt? We're having a conversation online. Why don't you have a conversation on the air? <laughs> I can't. I have to do this, too. <sighs> Never mind. Fine, fine. Keep going. No, no, answer. No, We're done, okay. right? We're done. A little bit. All right, so, <laughs> um, we were going back to, um, I asked the question, do you think he needs to be left out, like, of what was going on with Hamish and Katniss? Who's he? What? Peta. Do you think Peta deserved to be left out? We're not even there, but it's not even going on in the chapter, but okay. I don't know. It's like chapter five. Um, We're voting you off this island. And Sparky Silver said, no, I think that Katniss and Hamish should have included him so he wouldn't have made a mistake. The mistake to, um, promise his, um, money to... The families. Uh, and right. then I said, but no human is perfect. It's okay in Panem to make mistakes. 
Um, no, it's not. What is it ever okay, not okay to make mistakes? Um, B-Ball 89 says, no, I think he should have not been left out. Him and his family's life were at stake, and everything was hanging on the both of them. You can't just use wishes and hope to keep a person from making a mistake. And Sparky Silver says, I made a mistake that would have put their families in even more danger. Everyone makes mistakes, and this is proof of that. It is. Because, like, Peter's seen as, like, such a perfect guy that, like, mm-hmm. this is... It, it makes him more of a real character for him to make a mistake like this. Like, yeah. if he slips up. Yep. And Sparky Silver says, uh, going back to the Girl Scout thing, um, it's for friendship and peace and respect. Huh. So I wonder if it originated in Girl Scouts, like, 100 years ago, or if that's more of a, like, older than Girl Scouts kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll see. But, actually, we won't see. There's no way to see. But, anyway. I'll, I'll ask my leader. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I'm that cool. I'm still in Girl Scouts. <laughs> But, um, so anyways, Bull goes through the head. Oh, you have more. Sorry. No, I mean, just, like, a little tidbit. I feel like this is the first violence we've seen in the second book. Yeah. That it's, like, starting up again. And I feel like this is even more violent than anything that's happened in the first book, because it it was unprovoked. You know? I mean, like, Uh there was the whistle, but, like, like, geez, Louise, you're going to put, like, a bull through You whistle, you die. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess that's just how to end the chapter, that District 11, what you can pull away from it is District 11 is more strict. And Katniss meant to do something good, but already she's kind of messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> so and we see that, like, how, yeah, she's out of the game, she won, but yet now her life has turned into the games. Yes. Because she's trying to stay alive, she's still trying to put on an image, mm-hmm. and trying to not only now keep her family alive, but District 12, and then eventually all of Panem. Yes. And all of that, and it just spirals out of control. So I think it's just in her nature to be rebellious. She just can't. Yeah. She just she's has a rebel filter. at heart. Oh my jeez. <laughs> Oh my jeez, I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh my jeez. Okay, um, yeah, so that's it. I finished. Yeah, Woo! nice. Yay. That was a really good job. Really? You think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little difficult. Um, I mean, Matt had some great comments. Guys, I'm really, really sorry. Insightful. No, I'm... it's fine. We had a good little conversation. Yeah, it's... I, feel really I think the fans that, missed but... you, because the fans really do like you. The Kira <laughs> you know. Mariah show. I'm yep. Thank you. Okay, now. Yeah, okay, now. All right, well, let's move I'm on. I'm sorry, I'm trying... <sighs> I'm doing as much as I can, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. So now, Matt, why don't you take over for All right, your segment? So I'll talk very briefly. Um, so now moving on to Capital Opera, and you guys know the drill on how this works. Each each episode, we select a song that relates to the chapter, or now since we're covering the entire series, any part of the series. We try and relate to the chapter, but sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. So actually, Kira selected the song this week. This oh, is, thanks for mentioning me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so this is Story of Us by Taylor Swift. He's Swift.
All right. Before we get to the song, we just have a few listener comments from you guys. Other than Kira and Mariah whispering. Sorry. Um, do you want to read what Bebel89 said? What's that? You can read it, Matt. Um, okay. He, he or she said, I just thought of this. The high peacekeeper presence could have been because of the of the riot that happened in the movie in District 11. Okay. I can hear you whispering. <laughs> and then uh, Mrs. Emmers says, I think the peacekeeper presence has always been in District 11. They're the much larger district than 12. I we're, think that's wrong. Just throwing that out there. We're talking about their presence in the first book. No, I like I, I agree that the presence has always been there, but now like we actually see it. And I feel like I feel like it's more so like um, the second person. I don't know who you said. Sorry, um, the second person was saying that that it's always been like that. There's mm-hmm. really no change. Yeah. But BB Bull eighty nine was saying that it's more because of the riot. But the riot. Did you want to take this because you had no, this go idea? For it. Go I don't know if I'll get it right. Go ahead. Go with your no. Go with your idea. Oh, okay. It was your idea, but okay. Um, <laughs> that in the movie, which oh. is not like real. Yeah. yeah go, no, well, okay, I was just, okay, I'll go. Um, so basically, um, yeah, like one of the comments was that uh, the riot happened and that's why there's more peacekeepers, but in the movie, it says that the riots already happened, but in the book, the riot hasn't happened yet. It happened in Catching Fire, and in the movie, instead of giving them the bread, that they had the riot inserted in there, which I would, yeah. the book is the way to go. That's the real stuff. The movie is like based off of the book. Yeah. The book is the real stuff. So, I don't think there's more peacekeepers because of the riot, because the riot hasn't happened yet. I mean, there could have been riots that we don't know about. Right, that's true. That could be true, but from what we know, the riot happens when somehow, I think, back when they're in District 12, so after the whole tour, I think. Yeah, it's after, like, 8 has um, a, a riot. Yes. And that's when we meet Twill and Bonnie, which that's how we find out about that. Right. And then the other districts kind of start doing it. That's It kind of all starts... Yeah, going. so that's the only thing. There can't be more peacekeepers because a riot hasn't happened yet that we know of. Right. So don't listen to the movie. Listen to us. They just asked if um, we wanted to, if we were going to do a live show again in the future. Oh, yeah. And I said, I said, it's Kira's decision. <laughs> and they're all like, please, Kira, please, Kira, do it. That's cute. Yes, yes, we will. I actually have quite a few things in mind, but I don't want to say them yet because I haven't run through with Mariah and Matt. So. Oh, yes. But yes, that's a yes. Okay. We'll, we'll let you know. If this, <laughs> if this is going well enough, then yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we want to go back to the song now. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, we played the song. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um, do you oh, want God. to talk about it, Matt? I don't even remember the lyrics on this song. Oh, man. You're killing me. Oh, God. Okay, well, should I start going and you can... Yeah, okay. I'll just... Alright, so basically, like, the song is talking about how a couple were together and then they kind of fell apart and now they kind of don't know their place in the relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we played this lyric. Um, it was like, I'm staying in a room. Yeah. And yeah. we're not speaking. I'm trying to look busy. Oh. Something like that. Actually, I don't know because I don't know the song. Okay. Well, it's kind of like the connection I had to it was that during the games, like, they're together. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like we were talking about before, that um, on the train going home to District 12, they kind of had that um, discussion that's like, no, I actually don't love you and that whole fallout. So it's kind of like now they have to look like they're together, but they aren't. Yeah. Kind of, I can't, I'm not explaining this well, but that they don't really know their place anymore, and they're still they're yes. like restarting. No, and they have yeah. to like figure it out. Yep, I got that. Yeah, yeah. Is there something you wanted to add to that, Matt? 
No. Okay. I'm just not focused. One other tidbit um, that's kind of dumb, but I'll say it anyway. That in the song goes like, next chapter, and <laughs> chapter. <laughs> I have to say it. Most simplistic question yes. ever. Kind of like a bird. It reminds me of the Mockingjays. And- Shush! <laughs> oh, God. Nice uh, little connection last episode, or two episodes ago. Yeah, I know. It's been so long since we've done a chapter. Oh, they're talking about the, um, the live server. Mm-hmm. Oh. People, he's saying that um, it's hard to do live stream. And so they, she's like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about with the live stream, but good for you. Uh-huh. I don't have no idea what you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, anyway. Okay. Next sec, next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're so funny. Okay. Not. <laughs> so our next segment is Under the Microscope. So this is a segment where we review products related to the Hunger Games. So on this episode, we'll be informing you fans which DVD slash Blu-ray edition of The Hunger Games is the best and should be pre-ordered slash ordered um, over the others. Because there's a lot out there. We're going to talk about the three top ones. So well, Kira just, is going to talk well, about you'll, you'll add in. If I, yeah, maybe. So just to remind you listeners, we'll release an episode as a movie commentary so that you can watch the movie along with us. So we're going to oh. do that um, as soon as we can after the DVD comes out slash Blu-ray. Um, we're going to get together, and we're going to record it, and maybe it'll be live. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it's God. a little mystery. I don't know if we can go through this. I, I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> what if we don't have filters and, like, whatever comes out of our mouth? We've done good so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cross our fingers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you can look forward to that. That will be our um, second episode in August. Because the release dates um, in the U.S. are is August 18th, so hopefully we'll release an episode shortly after that. In the U.K. is September 3rd. And Australia is August 17th. I know we have an Australia listener right now um, listening to us live, so throw that in there. Um, Yeah, so those are, I imagine those are most of our listeners I covered with those release dates. So you can look forward to um, getting it if you pre-ordered it then or going to the store to get it then. Okay, so there's three um, editions of the movie we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Walmart edition, Target, and Best Buy. Matt's going to talk about the Best Buy, because he works there, and he knows stuff. All right. And you, okay. you, you do that last. <laughs> um, okay, so each... Can you make this bigger? Like, so I can read it? Thanks. So each edition includes a few different things, um, and this is the... I guess I would say the most ultimate edition, with, like, the most stuff. And so each DVD, any store you buy it from... It includes this. So, first part is the Game Maker, which is Susan Collins and the Hunger Games Phenomenon. So, I assume that that would be, like, a doc- documentary kind of thing? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is that what it sounds like? Wait, is guys? that included in the thing? This is included in all of the editions. Oh, yes. okay. It's, like, on the DVD. Right, yeah. These are the extras. Oh, right. So, that sounds interesting. Learn more about the author, I guess. Yeah. Um, that, that would be really cool to see her actually talk, because I've never seen her talk. Yeah, I, I feel like... I've seen her picture, yeah, but... Yeah. Now that I think about it, her, I don't like, think... Speak about the game. Because she doesn't, she doesn't like, like, the yeah, paparazzi, obviously, if you've read the books, you can tell. Yeah, yeah right? But, yeah, she's um, not a big fan of that, so. pretty private. Yeah. But, um, I feel like this would be, like, an exception, because you're not, like... I mean, you're talking to the fans, but you're not, like... Live. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, live is really hard to do. Yes. Um, and the second is The World is Watching, Making the Hunger Games, which will be an eight-part documentary covering the making of the film in all aspects from the pre-production process all the way through the theatrical release and fan reactions. So this is, I feel like this is, I don't know where it's going with that. 
It's um similar, got to throw a Harry Potter reference in that Harry Potter had the um I don't remember what it was called. Um but it was, I believe, an eight-part documentary. In each DVD, they'd have mm-hmm. a part on there. Um, and then if it's an eight-part documentary, when are they planning to release the other seven pieces? Because there's Maybe only going to be four movies tops. Yeah. So Maybe two per thing. Yeah, but that's not, mm-hmm. you know, what it's saying. Um, eh, we'll see. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, when you say documentary, is it really going to be that long? Like, an hour long? Or I, w- I would think so. That's what I would expect. Oh. Just based on, like, other franchises that's done similar things. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the, um, kind of the best thing out of this category of what they all have. Yeah. That this is going to be the most anticipated piece to it. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that they also have, like, the making of the film, that stuff we haven't seen. I mean, a lot of this, hopefully, is new information. Yeah. And then all the way to, like, fan reactions, which, I mean, that's not so exciting, fan reactions, because we've, you know, heard a lot of fan reactions but at this point. at the same time, I think it's really cool, but I don't know if I'd watch that, because it's, like, it's one thing to have your book, and then mm-hmm. you have a movie about it. So right. then it's, like, now you're, you know, all, all the things you imagined in your head are kind of, like distorted, and you have a new picture in your head because of the movie. Mm-hmm. So now you have an even new picture in the head because now you're, like, if this is what I've seen in other, you know, franchises, like, now you're going to see the actors, like, acting. You know, like, yeah. it's not going to be the movie anymore. It's going to be, like, the actors. It kind of takes away from the yeah. excitement and, like, oh, this is The Hunger Games. like, And then you're like, well, this is how they made it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not like, so special Now anymore. it's not The Hunger Games. Now it's, like, actors on a screen. Yeah, it's like... Nah, okay. True. I yeah. mean, so I don't know if I'll watch it. Maybe I will just because. I, maybe maybe you'll have to being on the show. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'll have to, but we'll see. So, yeah. just new take on it. So the other um, piece is Letters from the Rose Garden, which is insight from Donald Sutherland himself on the development of his role as President Snow. Ooh. And I believe we've talked about it on the show before that one of the reasons he got the part um, from Gary Ross was because he wrote, I think, letters to Gary Ross like, explaining, like, you know, his interpretation of Snow and, like, what could be enhanced in the movie of it, and that's where the ideas of the Rose Garden came in to put into the Hunger Games, which was different from the book. Oh. So he really got into the role, and he was really excited, and he really, really kind of put himself into the character's shoes. Yep. Kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Um, That's cool. So that that should be interesting to see. Um, not so much as the others, but, you know... A good little extra, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, another... that's like getting more into like the person. Now it's yeah. Like now Donald it's more Sutherland. about Donald Sutherland, not so much presence now. Yeah. Um, so controlling the games is another one, where stories and concepts behind creating the control center, which that would be interesting to see for people that are interested in um, like video production that kind of thing. Yeah, that, like I think the control would be center cool. was really cool. Like, yeah, the way they designed everything. Absolutely, and, and I... the CGI was yeah. great. And I think that'd be really cool because CG. CGI, CGI, computer Matt. generated images. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be smart? No, just kidding. <laughs> Whoa! But I just... Get um, out. Anyway, <laughs> that, I, I feel Start like... Turn on Twitter, people. <laughs> um, I feel like that would be really cool because not even, like, I'm not planning to go into video production or anything like right. that, but, like, they didn't really talk about that in the book. So now it's like, I want to see how they got the idea to make all the control center. and like Yeah, because, like, that wasn't explained in the book at all. So, yeah. Like, how so, Gary Ross was like, all right, let me draw out these sketches, yep. like, how it came to be. Yep, which is pretty awesome. Um, another piece is a conversation with Gary Ross and Elvis Mitchell. Oh, I forgot to look up who he is. He's familiar. <laughs> he's who obviously important to the franchise, <laughs> but not so much, otherwise I'd know him off the top of my head. Maybe he's a producer. Yeah, I would assume he's a producer. He d- he is familiar, his name, but... Um, Elvis Mitchell. Yeah, so 
I would more like to see a conversation between um, Jen, Josh, and Suzanne Collins. Yeah. I would like, that would be a conversation I'd like to see. Yeah. That would be in- more interesting than with Ross and If that happened Elvis. to us, I'd be like, in awe. I'd be like, I can't speak in front of you. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> we could just drive over there and knock on our door. And I see know. Stalkers. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, the propaganda film in its entirety, which was the film, the uh, thing played at the beginning of the reapings that we saw in the movie theater. Oh, right, yeah. That was also talked about in the books of how, you know, you came from this, and it was interesting how they did that. It showed, like, skulls and stuff. Yeah, and, like, how it was, um, this might not be right, but... Oh, Elvis is a film critic. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks. Thanks, people, 89. Yeah. Get on Um, that. Get on that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, the, the, um, the film was, like... The way it was more like artistic and like they wouldn't show the face. Yeah. Is that right? Like the, they didn't show the face. It was more like a silhouette kind of yes. thing or something. I would like to see the whole thing. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, and the last part is marketing arch, arch, archive. archive. No, archive. Know. Archive. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, which I would be interested in just because I'm into marketing, but if you're not, that seems kind of boring. So what would that entail? I would think that, um, well, it's interesting because I read an article on, now I can't remember his name. Um, the head of marketing for the Hunger Games and how it's very different than other franchises right. because they really took to social media mm-hmm. instead of a lot of like magazines and. <laughs> Is someone texting you? Um, I thought I turned that <laughs> no, off. No, it's it's fine. That's amazing. That's the whole point of being live. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kira doesn't have to be perfect. So. I know. Stop. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? Marketing. Um, how it's interesting how they the social media aspect of it more than them publicizing in magazines and all that kind of stuff. They yeah. targeted more of the free things, like social media, and they obviously did really well with it, other mm-hmm. than the whole um, worldwide thing that yeah. it's not so big worldwide. Yeah, that's a good point, like, to see more into why it's yeah, more I think, in the U.S. I think Catching Fire is going to be more hopefully. worldwide. Hopefully. Yeah. That way it'll catch on. All right, well, that's what's on each DVD slash Blu-ray. So now Walmart has its own, which I think is the best, that I would recommend buying the Walmart edition, and, and it's the edition that you can pre-order online for $27, which is kind of a lot for DVD, mm-hmm. Blu-ray, digital copy, all that good stuff, but I, I think it's worth it. I mean, it's Hunger Games, so yeah. you know, anything's worth it, to a certain degree. Um, so this includes DVD, digital copy, Blu-ray, and Voodoo, just in case you guys don't know what Voodoo is. I know what Voodoo is. Do you want to explain what it is? Um, it's like almost like you pay for a membership, and then... No, no, no. I don't know if you pay for the membership. Yeah, it's like a Walmart-owned video streaming service like Hulu and yes. Netflix. Yep, kind of and thing. then you can um, go on there and buy, like, TV series, buy, um, like, movies and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So it includes um, access to that on Vudu. Cool. So this includes everything. Again, it's got a DVD, digital copy, Blu-ray, and the Vudu. <laughs> so that's what I was looking for to have... Because I don't have a Blu-ray player yet, mm-hmm. but I want to get the series in a Blu-ray. Yeah. Form, because otherwise, like, when Catch Fire comes out, they might not be producing in DVDs anymore. Yeah. So I would suggest getting, if you want everything to be, like, you know, the same, like, to date. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, I have all the Harry Potters in DVD. Now I have to have all the Hunger Games in Blu-ray. Otherwise you won't be able yep. to, you know, keep it um, the same. Mm-hmm. Nice anyway, that's just my OCD. So. <laughs> um, so the extras on Walmart that are exclusive to the Walmart copy are Stunts of the Hunger Games... Which we've heard, I wonder if the stunt of when Jen gave Josh concussion is on here. That would be interesting to see, because they talk mm-hmm. about that in, like, half the interviews. 
That would be interesting. And they talk about how he put a dummy in her trailer yes. and she peed her pants. Yes, that is so funny. That, that story is just good. The dummy was... really a stunt, though. That's yeah, a prank. it's more of a prank. <laughs> yeah. But anyway... Okay, guys, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, capital culture... You French people? Couture. Couture. Cour- no, Couture. 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 I, I'm double French. Uh, the styles of Pan Am, which I would appreciate. What? Yeah, I'm not I'm not stylish, so I really wouldn't know. Oh, you're stylish enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think that like we cool. have the website, though, so it's like, do we really need more? Yeah, I, I would like I to see how, like, they made the costumes and how, like, what the idea, and I would like like to see, like, the sketches and stuff for the costumes. I mean, that's yeah. just me. I'm, like, a Project Runway person, so <laughs> well, I'd like You can speak like to it. those people, then, because I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the other last thing that goes with the Walmart is the Mockingjay pennant. Which is pretty awesome. I have one myself. I actually have two, but um, that's cool. All right, do you want to say something, Matt? What? No. Okay, never mind. All right, so that's what includes in the Walmart. Um, so you you really have everything there. Um, now the Target edition is more geared towards um the actors rather than like the Hunger Games itself, I guess. Um, it only includes Blu-ray, which I have a problem with because. I don't have a Blu-ray player, and I want a digital copy and all that good stuff. Yeah. And it's the same price as Walmart. So I feel like you're getting less for the same price. So what it includes um, is 45 minutes of exclusive content. I don't know how long the Walmart exclusive content is, but the Target includes tribute video diaries, which is the seven main tributes, use their flip cameras to document the buildup of the release of The Hunger Games, which, I don't know, I feel like we've seen enough Ustream and like yeah. stuff like that where that's actually live and interesting and free. But those um, are, like, just the regular tributes and stuff. Like yeah, it, it, no, it, like, he's saying people in 89 are saying it's on DVD as well. For Target? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe I got that wrong then. Yeah, you guess you did. Okay. Uh, Matt, speak. <laughs> 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 Reading one of the comments. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like that's... Uh, not so I good. don't really want to hear from the tributes that I don't care about. No offense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you can see them on YouTube, Ustream, they do live things all the time. Like, yeah. that's not so great. Um, the other part is stories from the tributes. Sit down with the tributes and hear best stories from time filming the most anticipated movie 2012. You can get that through interviews, so I'm not too into that either. Yeah. Tribute biographies, again, finding all about your favorite tributes with the animated gallery. You can find that So in it's book. just pictures, animated gallery. It's just pictures. You can Don't go on Google that. Images, people. Yeah. Then the tribute photo gallery, personal photos of the tributes. So maybe that those aren't on... Google, but they will be because people will get the copy and then post it on yeah. Google. So yeah, right. I don't think there's it really depends anything who you are. Yeah. getting from the target. In my opinion, my you know I'm, I'm not right or anything. And again, that that's the whole thing where like now you're seriously finding out about who the actors are. So it's gonna yeah. like, ruin the like third wall or whatever. Yeah, you'll like see them as like wait a minute, that's Jackie Emerson Foxface. Well, you yeah. see, you know, you don't yeah, see you them as Foxface. Yeah, anymore. you won't call it Katniss anymore. You'll be Jen Lawrence, which yeah. is what you two do. Yeah. Bad, bad habit. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, right. Matt, do you want to talk about Best Buy? Yes. The um, Best Buy copy uh, for pre-order, it's $45. Compared to 27 compared at to 27. Target Walmart. Um, but the difference with the Best Buy copy, I actually learned this today at work, is that it, gives, it comes with uh, two DVDs, one a Blu-ray disc and one a digital copy. And then, Which Walmart has, just thrown out there. Okay. Um, also, it comes with... a. Uh, Beautiful, a collector's box. A beautiful collector's box. A beautiful collector's box, apparently. Yes. Um, so I, that's why it's $20 more is because it has that collector's box in Which it. Which is not worth it, people. Even if you're a huge fan like us, don't buy it. Make your own box. Yeah. Exactly. Box. Be creative. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
draw a picture or something if you want that. Like, come on. And apparently it's limited edition. They always say that to get you to buy stuff. It's like, yeah. it will be around. You can buy it later. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're a real collector, that's fine, but this is, I don't think it's worth it. And Sparky Silver saying, waste of money. All those features will be on YouTube within a week, which yeah. is true. So no, I'm not complaining because I get a discount, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going for it. But. So are you getting the Best Buy edition then? Oh, probably. Okay. I'll get the Walmart edition. You get the Best Buy edition then. We're going to steal your box and step on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll steal your box and put it with my limited edition stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or step on it. What? Or step on it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I suggest Walmart. I think it's the cheapest one with the um, most amount of, like, extras on there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, make your own decisions. Um, there's other websites that will explain it all for you, too. Uh, we just wanted to give you not so much a quick because it was kind of long, but just a little synopsis. All right. Now, our next segment is a new segment only to do on live shows. So for those of you that are listening live right now, you can ask us not any questions. You can ask any questions. We'll choose which ones we're actually going to answer. Um, so we might reject, we'll reject a few. So, you know, in the chat room, which you guys are in and talking right now, um, you can ask us questions if you would like, and we can answer them. Nothing too personal, but. Yeah. Yeah, I know we have a time lapse, yeah. Okay, just, just making sure. Apparently they can hear us whisper, so. So, ask away. How are you so funny? Are you kidding well, we me? went to a um, a comedy club and picked up a few Joe and I. No, we didn't. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Half of our uh, obviously, I'm funny. not funny. So, <laughs> example A here is not funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, also, this is from Jen Lil- Lily. What was the most nerve wracking part about the show? Like this podcast, I assume? no, just like probably just like the live show, the show or the podcast. Probably just starting the show. Well, answer both. Like, okay, starting the show, like, originally a year ago, because this is our anniversary, by the way, which we haven't said yet. Oh, uh, Amber thinks you're funny. Oh, thanks, Amber. <laughs> that means a lot to me, because not a lot of people tell me I'm funny. Um, okay, going back to... Nerve-wracking Gen- part. Jen Lilly. Okay, yeah. most nerve-wracking part. Um, that we weren't going to have a lot of people downloading, I guess, but we've done pretty well. We've done amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, um, I didn't even start it, but that was yeah. Like, I think also nerve wracking is like putting your opinion out there and like not knowing what people are going to like respond yeah. to. Yeah, you know, which we've had. Yeah, it's not worst. yodeling; it's bluegrass kind yeah. of thing. I think <laughs> the worst. No, part... we just say ridiculous things. That's why it's funny. Well, yeah. sometimes, yeah. Here's the bunch of kids having fun in a room. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, please ignore me. This um, is a G podcast, Mariah. Actually, I think it's PG. Okay. Sometimes PG thirteen, most times PG. All right, um, Beeble eighty nine. What is your favorite non-main character in the series? Yeah, I hate when people are like, um, Katniss, cause blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, yeah Alright, okay, we'll go much. around. Kira, you start. Uh, why do I always start? You start, go. Uh, I can't think. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't want to go and say Finnick, but... Oh, dude. Oh. Should I not? I was going to say that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with... If it's not Finnick, it's Katniss. Well, it's definitely not Gale. Let's just put that out there. Yeah. Um, no Gale. Non-character. It's like I want to go with Finnick, but Sparky Silver says you're hilarious. I, I like yeah. thanks. Um, I like Cinna just because he's very down to. <gasps> Cinna, yes. Cinna for Winna. Um, um <laughs> yes. Yeah, can I explain myself <laughs> a little bit? Ow. Um, I would say Cinna just because he's down to earth and he really he goes with what he believes in, and just because he's in the capital, he doesn't let other people influence him for like the worse. Yeah. For the bad, I don't know what I'm saying. Um. And he's flat out stylish. Yeah, and just a little bit of golden eyeliner. Like, he's, like, down yeah. to earth in his style as well. And yes. a stylist. 
in. Which I appreciate, because I can't do that. I feel like, I wish I had some more background history on Sinai, Yeah, I feel like that would be so great to see, like... We had this discussion before. But, like, to see, yeah. like, maybe yeah. he's rebellious for a reason. Like, maybe his mother was, I don't know, crazy. Like, an A-box or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, this is just my mind. That would be interesting. Going, like, creativity. Maybe? It would also be interesting if Susan Collins releases an encyclopedia, like... J.K. Yeah. Rowling is putting due for Harry Potter that she she's writing. I don't know if that's yeah, happening. that could happen in 15 years. Who knows? Yeah, but we'll <laughs> yeah, anyway, sh- um, that would be interesting to like have character backgrounds because usually when an author writes a series, that they'll have they'll know everything about the character like ahead of time and have like all of these outlines all over and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're saying that Mariah's so funny and then Sparky Silver. Stand up for the winner. I'm happy for that. Did you say that? Yeah, I heard oh, that. you I'm guys sorry. didn't listen to that. I'm like, did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? And you just ignored me, so. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sit it for the winner. Um, uh, well, there was asking a question. Um, Amber said, how do you think Josh is going to play Mad Peta? Like, insane oh, in Mockingjay? Movie, yeah. Oh, well, I think he's a great actor. He'll be able to Josh adapt to the amazing, role. So he'll but it. we're not going to go on how amazing he is. We have to actually, like. Focus. Can we think of any <laughs> movies that he's been in where he's a little mad? Mad meaning crazy, not like. You're mad. Yeah, not like angry. mad, like English not, crazy, like. Not angry. I mean, like mad means crazy in English. I don't like, know where we're. Britted, going. Britted. Where are we going with? Okay, anyway, wait. <laughs> where, <laughs> where are we going? With we're this? losing track here. Um, Anyways, your favorite character was Cinna. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Matt, you have to speak now. Zathora, that was it. Okay. But he wasn't crazy. He was angry at his little brother. But was it Walt? Danny? It was Danny Walker, I, I, right? I, I, anyway. I don't even remember these okay. movies. Favorite character, non-mean character, Mariah, go. Cinna. Cinna. Cinna oh. oh, okay. Matt? Or do you want to elaborate? Or you? Um, I just feel like he's, like, one of the only friends to Katniss without any strings attached. You know, like, with Peta, she's got that whole romance. With Heyman, she's kind of mean. And, like, she doesn't... And with Gail, she's got another romance thing going on. And, like, with Prim, that's a little sister, so I don't really count that, but, like... I just feel like with Senna, it's someone she can talk to without yeah. having to worry about stuff. Yeah, because, like, whatever she does is not really going to affect him, even though he does die because of her. <gasps> it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going but with that. Still, but... um, yeah, so that's my favorite yeah. character. Go. All right, Matt, go ahead. Uh, Speak. Matt, you've had, like, ten minutes to decide <laughs> at this point. Uh, in the entire series? Yeah. You anybody. You can't say Senna. No, Is he gonna go with Annie? Why do I have a feeling he's gonna yeah. go with Annie? I was gonna go, but we don't know much about a char- about her as a character, so we no, can't we don't. really. Yeah. So we just know that she's Say neurotic, Mags. so. We do Mags. We do Mags. We do Mags. What's his name? BT? BT. BT. BT's cool. I call him BT. I like him. I like BT. Yeah. You gonna go with him? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Alright, do you want to explain that? You're such a cheater, I gave or... you that idea. Matt, you're <coughs> so bad, you, ugh, you're not even here. An original. You don't even go here, okay. Um. Alright, all right. We good? We good? well... Any more questions? We'll, uh, let's see. If you have any more questions, we can answer them while I do the plugs here. Alright. Well, if you're interested in starting your own website or podcast, I can give you hints on that too, you can go over to squarespace.com. There's a two-week trial exclusively for you being a Nightlock podcast listener. So to create and run your very own website, including your own domain name, email us at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com. Speak up. Is that what yeah. you were saying? Okay. Yeah. Sorry! Especially Matt. Okay. Um, can you scroll down for me? Yeah. Thanks. You can also email us through our website, nightlockpodcast.com, under the contact form, or just directly. Again, that's nightlockpodcast at gmail.com, just in case you haven't heard it enough. So please send us your feedback. 
to keep in touch with the podcast and what's going on with the Hunger Games franchise, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash nightlockpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter, that's twitter.com slash nightlockpod. And subscribe us on iTunes, you can find those links on our website, nightlockpodcast.com. Wow. Woo! We did it. Nice. All right, so we can end the show like we usually do with recommendations. Oh, of course, Matt never does this I don't time. know any I of tell these. you every time. I don't... Well, I'll start then. I really like... I haven't read that many books to really Book recommendations. Dumb. English class. That's what we fall back yeah. on. I know we always do English yeah. class books. The Great Gatsby. Which is going to be a movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Um, I recommend the book Holes by Louis Satcher. Is that how you say it, guys? Sacker, Satcher. Satcher. Yeah. Um, I would say I read this, like, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade, maybe? Um, and I think it's just a really good book, like how everything kind of connects and, um, it's about a boy that, um, has a very unlucky past because of his no good, dirty, rotten, pig stealing, great, great grandfather. And, which is a quote from the movie they say over there. Yeah. 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 It was good. (laughs) It was a movie too. Um, which I just watched last night, which made me think of this. It It has, um, Shia LaBeouf in it is the main character. Um. Shia! (laughs) And so basically it's about a boy that's very unlucky, and so he is sent, instead of, he has a choice to go to jail or get sent to Camp Green Lake. So he goes to Camp Green Lake, and they have to dig holes every day, five feet by five feet. And so um, it's kind of kind of like a mystery, what they're trying to find, and um, kind of all connects in the end, which I like. I hate when books are all, they leave it loose and everything. So. Yeah. So yeah, check that out. That's Holes by Lewis Satchar. That's more for um, younger kids, like fifth, sixth grade, maybe fourth grade, that area. All right, my Ryan. turn. All right, um, I think I may have recommended this. I'm so lost. I mean, we're on our 28th episode. It's 28. Yeah, 28. I said 28. That's what you yeah. said. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's our anniversary. Yeah, we we didn't say that yet. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. So it's our anniversary. So I probably recommend this already, but I'm gonna say. The Great and Terrible Beauty by Libba Bray, which, um, it's a series, uh, I only recommend the first one in the series, but, um, so it's, like, kind of Victorian, it's... What's the first one, just... The Great and Terrible Beauty. And then oh, it's, okay. like, Rebel Angels, and then okay, it's... Okay, I haven't heard of those. ...something else. I think there's a the last one. But, anyways, I really like those books, um, they are pretty long, and they're, like, Victorian, like, that's the setting, um... So it's more for high schoolers? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, I didn't read them when I was in high school, but, well, you're an advanced reader, I would say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would say high school readers, if you're willing to get through it, it's a good book, and it's about a girl as the main character, and it's got this, like, a whole nother dimension thing going on. So, it's kind of hard to explain, but if you need to read for the summer that will take up your time, read The Great and Terrible Beauty. And all everything that comes after it. Um, <laughs> so that's mine. All right. I don't know if Diana recommended this one or we did Maybe. this one. I uh, probably. Um, but I'm gonna recommend The Faults in Our Stars by yeah, John Green. We did. Yeah. You recommend that one. Yeah. Do you want? If you were giving you some right here. But I don't know what those are about. You know, some of those look good. I matched is on my list to read. I literally I s- have a list of I books. I started I'm read. that and then I yeah. didn't finish it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be a movie. I feel like I read that somewhere. Yeah. But. All right. It's so just matched. Matches like another dystopian series. Yeah, I know what it's about. 
Yeah. I'll recommend for you, Matt, because you're such a Even though you haven't loser. read it. Or you read part of it, right? I read part of it. Yeah. So I know kind of the gist of it. Um, I know it's really popular in the dystopian, you know, mm-hmm. how that's like a new It's genre. like Divergent, Hunger Games, and Match is like the yeah, top Yeah, and then like dystopians. little ones after that. But yeah. so Match, um, it's about how... Uh, almost like The Giver, I feel like, because it's that kind of futuristic, like, leaning towards that. Like, not so much like the world has ended or anything like that, but, like, it's a really structured society. And um, it's all about how, like, you're paired with someone. So it's really got this romance, like, the whole... It's basically, like, a romance book, um, like a young adult romance, and it's, like, you're paired with someone, and so the main character... uh, like, is at the ceremony, and a face, like, uh, goes on the screen, and that's who she's supposed to be paired with, but then another face flashes on the screen, and she doesn't know who to go with, so it's all about, like, you know, love triangle. Which is similar to The Hunger Games. Dystopian and romance in there. I don't think there's much fighting, though, like, physical, though. (laughs) Okay. But, All emotional fighting. That's very, a a very general, yeah. Um, summary. Yeah, it seems really good. I'm going to read that this summer. Yep. I'll let you guys know. And it's it a series, too. I know there's a yeah. second one. Yeah, I, don't I know feel like it's a, a trilogy. I'm not sure if that's right. Yeah, there might be. Yeah. So. so, yeah. Thanks, Matt, for nothing. Yeah, I've recommended the Percy Jackson series. Yeah, I'm kind of sorry I did, like, nothing this episode. KNBS. You were monitoring the live yeah, listeners. Yeah, good job. Hopefully that went well. Um, You know, it was first live show, so Woo. it's done, so success. I know, finally. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here, I'm that was, done That was a little nerve-wracking for me A little bit, yeah. but you did a great job And Thanks. Matt, good job um, monitoring everything technology-wise <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Supervising yep. <laughs> yep. Guys, come on yep. um, If it wasn't for me, if something crashed, it would, you wouldn't have known True No, I wouldn't have We would have just been talking to you no one You just would have kept going, like yeah Like usual, yeah Like I was really scared when I didn't hear anything coming out of the Yeah, yeah Next I was freaking out at the beginning I said, guys, I think we need to start over but Oh, that would be bad all right, well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. I think we will do this again. Is that unanimous yeah. that this went well? As long as I don't have to do the chapter again. Yeah. I'll, no, you will. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> well, if we do it in three times, our rotation might. Yeah. No, it's okay. We'll, I'll do it. We'll see. Um, yeah, time. so thanks so much, guys, for listening. Yes. And um, just a shameless plug, if you could give us some iTunes reviews, we're kind of running a little low compared to other Hunger Games podcasts. I'd like to pump us up a little bit. So um, Pump it up. Pump it up, man. Um, yeah, so if you could go to our iTunes feed and just drop us a little review. Yep. Um, yeah, so thanks so much. That's it. That's it. That's about it. Great. All right, thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.